Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. All right, right here, ladies and gentlemen, we are recording in the Ignite BBB Podcast Studios in sunny San Diego. This is the Trades Podcast. My name is Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd. What a fantastic uh, day for recording. And we've got, I think, a really special guest in today. Yeah, let us know who it is, Jeff. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, let us know. Dan, Dan with Barrio Logan powder coating and sandblasting yes representing barrio logan right here in san diego dan how you feeling i am feeling great and i'm uh, really happy to be here and excited it's my uh first podcast so yes uh definitely excited for it yeah introduce yourself to the podcast world but dan Dan, before you do that though one of the things that made it so special is i mean we get to talk to a lot of interesting people here on the trades podcast Mm -hmm. but i got to go to dan's shop and he gave me a really cool tour and we shot some videos um it's pretty awesome, and the activity that was going on down there, the different things he's got going. It's I, I'm excited. I'm uh, um, glad you enjoyed the tour. It's uh, it's pretty awesome down there. Barrio Logan itself is is a lot of fun. Really changing neighborhood. It really um, is. Yeah, I've been down there for since uh, 2016. We opened up that shop down there, um, going through some different uh, um, phases of it, but we really built it out now, and, and so we're qu- quite pleased. So. Awesome. Also awesome. And so it's Barrio Logan and, um, how, how long you guys been down, down there in that, in that area? So Barrio Logan powder coating, we opened up that uh, side of the business in 2021 actually. Uh, but we've had a different side of our business that does uh, more industrial, um, and Navy repair that, uh, has been there since 2016. Okay. Awesome. And you, you, you're the sole owner. You, you started the business and everything? I did start the business um, it, in 1997, and it's transformed um, over, over, over time. And so now um, this side of the business is uh, um, in, what, three years now? Two, two, year, two and a half, three years on, yeah. on this side. So. And it's every day is like something new. It's, it's really exciting down there. Yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. Well, um, I mean, uh, we can show it to the cameras and stuff, but anybody that's listening on the audio, you see his awesome logo that he brought us some shirts. Dan, thank you so much for the shirts. You're welcome. super cool. Enjoy yeah. them. Yeah, uh, we're going to be representing hard because we know how, um, you know, how big the community of Barrio Logan is here in San Diego. But um, l- let the uh, let the listeners know, like, what, what jobs you guys are working on right now and stuff. Like, what, what is it that you guys mainly, um, the type of work you do? We have a variety of jobs. Uh, we do a lot of residential work from uh, different kinds of patio furniture uh, that people want to restore to metal gates. Uh, we do a lot of rims. Uh, you can either just drop your rims off, and we also have a program where you can bring your whole car, and then we'll take care of everything for you. And we'll mount and dismount the wheels and the rims and, and take care of that. Um, people do a range of products um, or projects. Uh, sometimes we do some military stuff as well for the Navy. Um, we also do, um, gosh, what's something we're doing now? Uh, we are doing a, uh, we're working with a a manufacturer, uh, who is looking to improve their line of, um, products where they were doing liquid paint and they were, um, you know, finding how labor intensive it is and keeping an inventory and trained workers to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So we're actually looking at taking over their whole uh, process. Um, and it uh, has to do with a, um, 
um, signage that they do. And they are, you know, very, pretty big outfit here in San Diego. Unfortunately, I can't give you a little bit more, but it's actually, yeah. we're very excited to be uh, working with them. Well, perfect. Um, yeah. So if I get permission, I'll, 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 I'll send you <laughs> the actual information. Yeah, no worries. I mean, it's just, but, you know, on the surface, it's great to know, like, um, for anybody out there that's, you know, yeah. wanting to learn more about different career paths is, you know, what type of projects and, you know, excitement that wraps around, you know, your industry and stuff too. Yeah. And actually just, um, interesting enough today, we just, you know, just this morning, uh, a gentleman came in, he does, uh, he has a golf cart restoration business. We just uh, took in an, uh, an extended golf cart frame, uh, that we're going to do and we'll get that all sandblasted and primed and powder coated for him. Uh, so he can continue on his restoration. We, um, um, do commercial, like a restaurant group that we're doing, a whole bunch of uh, chairs for them to, for their catering side of their business, so we can get that restored and and make them uh, make everything look real nice for them for the for their customers and their clientele. That's one thing that I noticed when I was doing a walkthrough with Dan is the variety of stuff that you guys bring in and get to work on. Um, it was quite impressive to see the uh, Lakeside Rodeo sign that, there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, one of the one of the sign and uh, awning companies that we work with. That's uh, they've been doing uh, some very interesting projects, very large projects. So okay. that's, that was a, uh, gosh, I think almost a thirty foot sign. I think thirty five right. foot sign. So that was uh, quite a big project. Um, and then something, Danny, it'd be interesting for you is that we have a, a client down there that uh, they manufacture. Uh, high-end uh, record players. Oh, um, awesome. And they do a lot with Sonos and other stuff like that. Yeah. And so we, for them, they'll bring us uh, all their metal trim pieces that they make, and they have them uh, water-jetted out, and then they bring us the pieces, and then we go ahead and prep them, and then they install them onto their onto their record players. And they're like, art, it's artwork. I mean, it's right. totally... Oh. Um, yeah, you, like you would never think that uh, uh, history, you know, kind of, you know, falls back a little bit, but the record players are coming back for record sure. Record players are coming back. I wish I, I, I need to track down my Bang & Olsen. I, I, it might be in my garage. I need, a, I need a look. Dust it out, dude, so you can restore it, you know. That would be for, yeah. So one of the things I'm, we're going to ask you to do, Dan, is for young adults that really don't know what sandblasting or powder coating is, can you give like a – a rough view of what that process is. Yeah, absolutely. So sandblasting is, is a means to an end. Um, when for any kind of paint job and powder coating is a paint, it's a, it's a dry paint that cures in an oven, but <clears throat> it all comes down to the preparation work and sandblasting is one of the most effective ways to prepare any kind of metal, uh, to treat it with, to get the rust off or any kind of corrosion. Um, I'm sure simplest, uh, you see rust on a piece of metal, uh, the best way to get rid of the rust is to sandblast it and to have clean metal, and then the surface is ready for, for coating. And it, uh, it allows, not just does it get rid of the corrosion, but it also provides a, uh, um, we call it a, a profile or a tooth for the uh, paint, whether it's liquid or powder, to uh, adhere to the surface. Um, the other thing you'll see commonly is even aluminum. Um, patio furniture, a lot of people will see aluminum patio furniture and it's got a white kind of powdery essence leaking out. Um, so even that is considered corrosion, uh, for aluminum. And so best way to get rid of that is to sandblast it. Um, and we use a, mostly we use what's called garnet. It's a, uh, natural, uh, mineral obviously, and it is, we can reuse it. 
um, probably 10, 12 times inside our sandblasting room. So that way we're not uh, being wasteful of the, of the material. No, nice. So, so for somebody that's going to come in and you're going to train them how to do sandblasting, they have to wear some safety equipment? There is quite a bit of safety involved in sandblasting. It's not as daunting uh, once you start doing it. We have two types of sandblasting at the shop. One, we have a pressure pot cabinet. So where you actually just, you're standing outside and you put your hands and some gloves into the cabinet and you can go and it's hooked up to the air compressor and you can um, step on a pedal and you can go ahead and do some cabinet blasting. So so like left hand and hold the part and the right hand and hold the little sprayer? Exactly. So yes, small exactly. parts, it's in, in a confined area. Exactly. Air compressors recirculating the sand. Yes. Okay. And then we have a very large sandblasting room uh, where you are suited up in all the safety gear. Um, we're using uh, air-fed hoods, which have a um, – we have both um, uh, a hood where you uh, – it's almost like a big helmet, and it's like uh, being inside a Cadillac – and nice big window of view, and then you're able to, um, it's hooked up to what we call grade D breathing air. Um, so it's uh, fresh air that's meant for you to breathe and nice and safe. And then you have, um, you know, heavy-duty coveralls, and then you have rubber gloves that you're wearing, and you're all taped up, and earplugs, and um, nice nice and safe. Yeah. So I, I almost equate that suit up to like a, a deep-water diver. That, that would have air from the boat pumped down to the helmet. That's a great analogy. That's definitely something like that. And it's a very similar process that when you're going in for sandblasting, because once you're suiting up, um, you know, you're wearing steel toe boots, and then by the time you put on your coveralls and you're taping up all the orifices to, um, um, for your coveralls to, with duct tape, and then um, you're putting on, uh, like, a head sock that covers your head, so in case of any dust, and then you're wearing the... Um, uh, the, the mask and, and, and helmet to protect you from bounce, from the media, the sandblast media okay. bouncing back in your face or yeah. your head or anything. So like it's that. it's not going in there with a, a, a pair of goggles and a respirator. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. But but this extra effort makes it pretty dang safe for the person doing the uh, it, sandblast. It know, makes it very safe. The all the hoses and the equipment that you use, everything's all rated for. Uh, high pressure, um, and then we teach you how to how to hold on to the hose safely. Um, do not ever put the sandblasting hose between your legs, um, especially if you've not had children. Um, and <laughs> if you want children, don't do that. <laughs> if something were to go amiss, um, you know, yeah, that would be a very problematic. Yeah, I think I mean that's what Jeff is really getting around to is is the the, the safety aspect of it. You know, maybe it may have not always been there, but it's always evolving. I'm sure, right? Since '97, I'm sure it has evolved tremendously. I mean, we can we we do some training on the other side of our business where uh, you'll see people do, um, um, let's say, pretty much not from America. Uh, where they're, what they're, how they're doing with, um, they'll take, um, you know, they'll take a, a canvas sack and, you know, and somehow put some plastic on it and feed in some air coming from who knows where. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, things have evolved a lot. Um, you know, even with the breathing air, you just have to be careful. Like people in the old days weren't necessarily conscientious of, okay, you're breathing. So why is your breathing filter next to a diesel air compressor. 
Um, not that we use, we don't use diesel inside the shop, but just yeah, how the how the things have evolved in safety. Um, and carbon monoxide is a very big thing, and so we use a um, there's a extra filter bank with a uh, with a, an alarm panel on it that if any carbon monoxide were to get into the airline, it emits a very very loud audible uh, uh, ring. So, so a lot of a lot of these safety standards that you're adhering to to make it safe has come down from rules and regulations, OSHA, Cal OSHA in California. And, and we've talked about that from, you know, just a few decades ago to where we're at now. That's one example that laws, rules have done a good job protecting the workers. Absolutely. Um, the rules are there for a reason. And yeah, uh, for sure. And, and, you know, I mean, Sometimes you go as an employer, oh, gosh, what am I going to do about this? It seems yeah. so tough and everything else yeah, like I got, that. i got to buy this now. i got to buy this and buy that. And, and at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, if your workers aren't safe uh, and protected, you're not going to have any workers. So, um, and, you know, the safer they are, the better, you know, that they feel taken care of. You will you should have better productivity and higher quality for, for your shop or, or your trade, just in, in general. Yeah, so, so if you're an employer that's, cutting corners, pushing your employees out, don't worry about that. Um, that affects the culture of your business. It absolutely does. And it also, I think, affects the clientele. So when you're running a uh, well-run shop, legitimate shop that's following all the rules and regulations, you have certifications that show your customer that's bringing in a, in my opinion, hopefully a higher clientele. Absolutely. That's definitely one of the things we strive for because um, we also on, um, we also do some different training, which we can, you know, we'll talk about it at a, at a different time. But uh, when we are looking at um, the clientele, it's, it's, we have, <clears throat> you know, presentation is everything. Uh, and in a shop environment, if, uh, you know, the workers aren't following safety rules and they're not cleaning up, it becomes very obvious very quickly. Yes. And, it, and it shows through the work right away. So even so, myself personally, I have one of one of my certifications. I have a bunch of them, but one of the certifications I have is I can actually I'm a certified OSHA trainer. And when I did my when I was taking the course to do this, I had to do a um, um, a presentation, and the presentation Danny, you'll think I'll you'll like this one was about hearing protection and noise. Right. And it's something I take seriously because the older I got, I, I sometimes, you know, I, you know, was, didn't take corners, but sometimes some things you didn't always take seriously. And hearing protection, I think, is one of those things, and I think a lot of guys do this specifically. Absolutely. And, you know, they're around a lot of noise and a lot around other stuff, and they don't think about it, and they're not worried. Uh, the correct hearing protection and a lot of musicians and, and, and in the labor industry being out on construction sites or even sandblasting, it's very noisy and you need to make sure you're really protecting your ears because no matter how much you can bench press, no matter how many, you know, what size dumbbells you use, uh, no matter how fast you can drive a car, there is no such thing as tough ears. Yeah. That's one of my, um, that's one of my personal like pet uh, peas and, and, and projects is making sure people are wearing you know, hearing protection. Absolutely. I mean, for when I've had employees that are using power tools and stuff, uh, my pet peeve was eyes. Yes. I mean, we, we all have a, a workman's comp policy that'll put some Band-Aids, some surgery, do a lot of things, but it don't replace eyes. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 
And to your point, in my miss, um, it don't replace eardrums. That's right. Yeah. So. No, I mean, it's, it's like a muscle you can't exercise. You, know? you cannot. There's nothing you can do. And that ringing in your ears when you get it, it's, uh, um, you know, it's it's uh, how we, we were talking all year, earlier before the podcast mm-hmm. about how there's a lot of crossover in different industries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people think even some of the musicians that have committed, uh, you know, had uh, issues. Um, it's a lot. It has to do with ringing in the ears. Oh yeah, from from earlier complaints when I heard. And it's the same thing. A lot of construction workers and and other stuff. I mean, that ringing in the ears is tough. So where you're hearing protection, everybody. There you um, go. You hear that? Yeah. No, I mean, you're an OSHA, a certified OSHA instructor, right? Yes. Um, how how did you fall into that, or was it something that they approached you, or? What? It is a. Um, it's uh, because of the Navy work we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, uh, some certifications that we're required to have. And part of them is, is, uh, a certified safety program as well as, um, you know, some other certifications. So it was something that I couldn't necessarily afford to hire somebody else to do full time. Um, so it's one of those things that at that's level so that I, I, you know, at least had the certification so I can do the training. Um, I even sometimes I'll even send my guys out to other trainers to go do it. But I might not do it myself, but at least, you know, we always have an in-house and, and that's, right. that's one of the important things. Yeah. That's where sort of the old saying, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, I mean, that's amazing. And then, I mean, like you mentioned, you would send, um, possibly send others to go instruct other, um, yeah, to, to go instruct other, other, uh, powder coaters or well actually i would send my people to yeah. actually go get trained oh to get trained elsewhere yeah, just because sometimes i'm too busy or right. they're too busy right. but um it's just sometimes it's a matter of convenience you know i mean it's it's uh um and also you, they sometimes people will learn it differently from the way you're doing it so mm. if i'm teaching it one way and it's also sometimes nice for them to pick up on other people and they're like yeah. well these other guys are telling me i need to you know, do it, do it like this. And then it makes me think and makes me a better trainer and a better yeah. person for Absolutely. thinking about it. Let, so. let me ask you quickly, Dan. So when you send an employee out to get training from somebody, or if you make them sit down in the, the office and you uh, present a training, do you pay them? Yes. Yes. Uh, it is. I, I knew the answer, but, <laughs> but I'm making a point because we've been talking about this on the trades podcast yeah. about the difference between, uh, jumping into uh, the construction trades at one level or another and being paid to learn as right. opposed to going to college and paying to learn. Absolutely. I'm a pretty good example of this. I did both. I never finished college. And it was probably, I don't want to say a waste of time because it was a really good time. Uh, but it was <laughs> in the end... Uh, it did, um, um, I did not use anything I, I learned in college. Um, so I would agree the training that you get, um, out in the trades and I'm not pro union. I'm not against union. I'm not against, um, any of the larger companies and the, and their certified, you know, programs that they go through. Yeah. I think it's all great. I love, I love training. I think as many people should be trained in as many different fields as possible. And I think you can make a really good living today. I think there are people who definitely, younger kids definitely know that 
I, w- I don't want to be in a suit and I don't want to be in a courtroom. I don't want to be a doctor. I, you know, and there's going to be, you know, what else is it I want to do? I like working with my hands or even mm-hmm. visual. And I, I think there's a part of our industry that you do not necessarily have to be fully hands on to be in the trades um, from project managers to um, you know, supervisors to safety uh, to environmental so there's all sorts of, you can be involved in this industry in all sorts of different ways. That doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you have to be on the front line of the trade. hundred percent. I mean, a, a lot of us, I guess I'm going to just pick the males. So when you're in your early 20s, you've got a lot of energy. So to do an eight-hour day on a construction site, in a, a shop, you know, whatever, you know, uh, service vehicle, and have the energy to go surfing, play basketball, baseball, you know, for the second half of the day and still have time to come home and, you know, catch dinner and the the girlfriend and all that stuff. That's, I think, one thing that the traits gives you. The uh, college sitting in the office cubicle, I think, suppresses that to a certain degree. I think it does, and I, I not for everybody. Not but. for everybody. I also think that you know times are changing a little bit. I think we're, we'll, I don't know. I don't think we probably talk about you know some more of a hybrid model for trade and education and how things can can go a, a little bit of both. Um, and I think that there needs to be a little bit of more education. Um, that's not necessarily college, but as you know, it's like kind of do they teach you how to balance a checkbook. I think they did that when you and I were kids. Um, we had a, you know, home ec and we had to learn how to, yeah. you know, repair our clothes. And, and, and if I remember correctly, we did have to learn how to balance a checkbook, but the, um, back in the seventies. Actually, uh, I, I learned that on a paper route. Okay. But I, I don't think they're, I'm, you can't both, do that anymore. both of my kids, they, nobody, they don't teach that in school no, anymore. So I think that, I think if we can start finding a little bit more balance, uh, between that, I think, you know, totally the, the, the young men and women coming out and coming into the trades and preparing them for stuff to make better financial decisions, I think would be something that we should all be able to offer. Real world education, I think, is something that our school systems is definitely uh, uh, just now starting to recognize. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's some, I'm trying to do a better job of educating myself to find out what programs the high school kids and, and, even at the community college level, um, that balances out the trades and, and learning. Um, so I'm still learning that a little bit. There's a couple of different programs uh, that I've, I've heard about, at, you know, from the auto shop stuff. I think uh, uh, Grossmont does a pretty good job with that too, and, and there's a couple other places. But, um, you know, but they need, do need to learn that being hands-on and learning a skill well-paying. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, um, and, and you can learn something and gain a career from it and quite a few places, you know, the benefits you get from it. Uh, rewarding. You get to do the, uh, get out and go surf. You know, most of the trades are what, done 2.30, 3.30 is the average. Yeah, yeah depending on what uh, your job is when you but, start. If you're in the service business, it's probably a little bit later than that. A little bit later, but yeah. uh HVAC, welding, I think, uh, sandblasting, painting, scaffolding. I think that's all, a lot of those trades are all done. 
Uh, start, pretty, start a little earlier? Start a little earlier. Our, our shop, we are usually 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock sometimes. Uh, sometimes we'll bump up to, you know, 10-hour days, and we're starting at 6, and other times, we're, most of the time, we try and start at 7. Okay. Uh, done by 3.30. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, go, go enjoy the summer. That's so. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great way to, uh, obviously, that's where you guys are at now. I mean, you started, um, like you had mentioned earlier, you started um, with painting boats. Um, and that's where you kind of got your kind of path into the whole powder coating and sandblasting. Um, I think it'd be nice to kind of let everybody know about your background and where you started within, like, some of these trades and um, I know, like you mentioned, uh, that you didn't finish college, but is that is that where it kind of started off after? Um, afterwards, yeah, after um, I left school, um, I ended up uh, buying a boat, moving to Florida, uh, ran out of money. Uh, I got hired on, on a super yacht, which is um, pretty big here in San Diego. It's not, not the biggest area in the world for super yachts, but it's uh, big enough. Um, but I was in, so this was when I was in Florida. Traveled around the world for, uh, I don't know, about five years or so. Had a really good time. Um, so on, wor- working on the yacht. Working on the yacht. And mm-hmm. one of the things I always used to do was, um, I don't know, I got involved in painting, uh, doing touch-up work on, on the boat or yachts. And when the last yacht I was on ended up uh, in San Diego, one of the a captain had uh, – offered me uh, a job just doing day work while they were going to be here. And back then, this was in 1997, and they were offering $25 an hour. And we, you know, so I took the job and I started working um, for them. And then when they left uh, several months later and got uh, another boat kind of asked me to, can I help out and do I have some people? And I don't know, I just kind of winged it a little bit. And next thing I know, I kind of had a business and I was doing painting and then, um, and then I'm like, okay, you know, got to start form a company now and, you know, kind of go legit. Cause it was, I saw yeah. which way it was going. And then, uh, before I knew it, we're working inside one of the yacht yards and then, uh, one of the other big yacht yards and had a whole crew and, um, I've had up to 75 employees before, wow. uh, which is, which was challenging. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was pretty good, but, uh, along the way I just did more and more, private yacht stuff. And then I started, we had our first recession and my first recession as an adult was in uh, 2000. Um, and so I kind of like started to think about the private sector and the government sector. And I started looking at doing more uh, Navy repair work and then uh, started balancing things out a little bit. Um, eventually I kind of moved into the shop where we are Uh, now and focused mostly on uh, shop coatings and then have even split that further into doing, um, I'd say we're more like 75% powder coating and 25% with uh, working on Navy and and, uh, commercial work. So that's kind of how I got started. I mean, it's just kind of like a a process of following my gut a little bit and a little bit winging it and um, you know, when you, when you run a business like that, sometimes you just got to, um, you know, see what the clientele is telling you. Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned earlier too, like the reinvention, you know, of reinventing yourself of like kind of checking yourself a little bit and kind of, you know, like you said, following your gut. Yeah. When, um, 
few years ago, I uh, when I got the idea about uh, this is my second go at powder coating. So I did have another shop at one point, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, when kind of COVID hit, that thing kind of you know went down, and then we started up the, the other one um, in Barrio Logan. And one of the things I love about powder coating is it's like it's like laying sod. It's like you know, you prep the, the groundwork, and then uh, for us, you know, you do the sandblasting, we hang it on a rack, we do a quick, you know, put the powder coat in it, throw it in the oven, and it comes out, and you're like, it's all beautiful and ready to go, and it's just, it's 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 really exciting, and I just, like, love the finish, and mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it really kind of reinvigorated me, because there's, um, the amazing thing is the people, like, that we get to meet yeah. um, every day. I mean, we have such a diverse clientele base from, Every walk of life, every industry, and, you know, from medical to doctors to construction trades to guys down in the barrio that are, are redoing their cars, and, and, right. and it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we just enjoy it, and I, I love the customer interaction because within my industry, I don't know where else I can meet so many people and have that level of interaction, which is one of the real fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, and the age just, there's, I mean, it's, there's so many different people. I mean, from, uh, um, uh, we had a, a young woman in there who could not have been, I don't know, I think she was maybe 20 and it was her first car and she wanted to redo the rims and we got them all done for her. And then, you know, and then we have people, you know, who are on the other spectrum, you know, we were in their eighties yeah. and, um, you know, taking apart their, their light fixtures around their house uh, for the outdoor light lighting fixtures and wanted to redo them because that's, yeah. they had them old, the old stuff is really good and, you know, mm-hmm. made well and they just, just needs a fresh coat of powder on them. So, um, so that's, it's kind of fun and you get to meet all these people. Yeah. Uh, you get different experiences and never the same thing every day, you know, and I think that's, you know, like you were talking about Jeff earlier, the suppression of uh, being in a, uh, you know, a cubicle or a box or like an office job or something like that, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, and some people that's a good environment to bring yeah. out their creativity and other people they need to be out and interacting with the people that are in the environment to inspire their creativity so uh, we're all different yeah absolutely and it's it's fun too it's it's I'm, I'm getting pretty good at helping people pick out their different colors and stuff like that and you got you know how you're asking them but it's sometimes it's also like telling somebody like eyeglasses right here the three of us are wearing eyeglasses yeah it's got to be the worst experience ever trying to pick out eyeglasses it's hard you know, you know <laughs> you're so afraid to make the wrong decision right and yeah. people are kind of like that with powder coating too so so powder coating and sandblasting consultation <laughs> yeah exactly picking out the color the texture that's you, a, in the powder coating, do you have different textures of absolutely? Yeah, that's a great question. We absolutely do. We have um, you can actually do something that's uh, smooth and uh, shiny, uh, smooth and flat. You can have it to be almost where it's like a, a non-slip surface. Yeah, have, um, have some grip to it. Yeah. So and there's just uh, several different and in between all of that, they have yeah. wrinkle effects. Um, so there's lots of different uh, um, finishes uh, and colors, thousands of colors. Um, it's, we call it the, um, you know, going down the color rabbit hole sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you're just, you know, the, the, the fan deck is only the beginning. So, so kind of off the wall creativity. You ever have like inlay two different colors? Uh, we get it every once in a while. Like a logo design or something? Yeah, we do do that. It's, um, it takes a little bit longer uh, for us. <laughs> and so sometimes, you know, um, 
pricing and the ability to do that. There are a couple other guys that have um, some, you know, that's a little bit more of their market than ours. Okay. And it's not that we don't do it. We, we definitely do do it. Um, but it, sometimes it comes with a sticker shock because of the labor and the time it takes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the prep work. Uh, yeah. The prep work. Yeah. And then, you know, in the oven, out of the oven, the masking, blowing it down, putting it back in the oven. Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes we've had, um, on a valve cover, uh, you know, three different colors on the, on the valve cover itself. Mm. Wow. And it just takes a lot of time, so, which we don't mind doing it. When, but, uh, so, so those jobs can be uh, fulfilling, I guess. You just have to charge for it. Exactly. And, you know, I think sometimes I think the fulfilling part is when the customer comes in and they're like, they're so happy and they're just like, oh, that looks awesome. The, the wow effect. The yeah. wow thing. And then, um, and then when they send me a photo of it installed, then you just yeah. really, then, and when they're really, and when they're really stoked on it, that that's when you go, okay. Yeah, you know that that makes me happy. I, I mean, because that like, you know, paint jobs and powder coating. It's kind of like it's you know the first thing somebody sees and it's the last thing somebody sees. Right. Yeah. So it's um, um, you know they walk up to your car or your house or your fence or your gate, you know, whatever it is under the hood, whatever you got going on, um, you know, or into your building, if whether it's your sign, whether what whatever it is, it's either you know, the first impression or the last impression that they, they will see. And, you know, the, you know, you know, the eyes kind of gravitate to some of that stuff. So um, I really enjoy it when, when it's so, good. So it sounds like you do a lot of uh, restor- restorative work on some stuff? Uh, both restorative um, as well as newly manufactured. Okay. So on the restorative stuff, you take something that's uh, maybe not in the family heirloom, but – Something that means something to uh, a family member, absolutely, a- and be able to see that uh, fulfillment for them, knowing they're getting it back and it's going to last another generation or something. Yeah, absolutely. We've done um, whether it's a fifty-year-old patio set that used to belong to somebody's grandmother, yeah, to a uh, red flyer, you know, wagon. Okay. Um, to, you know, their grandfather's bicycle. Uh, there's just so many different, you know, things like that. But that's absolutely definitely one of the things. And that's really enjoying, too, because those um, family memories are of that, you know, loved one that they're, that they're you know, wanting to preserve uh, is pretty awesome. Especially, I like it, too, when it's, like, smaller projects, when it's for a, um, uh, for, like, a grandson or granddaughter that, you know, you know, to pass on to that following generation. So yeah. that's pretty cool too. That's I, cool. I definitely enjoy that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that might not be the bread and butter of what you produce, no, it's, but, but when they come in and you can get that sense of fulfillment, I, I mean, it adds to the, to the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely something that, um, um, it's pretty cool. It's a cool feeling when you're able to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I mean, you probably get the same feedback from your employees that are, doing these projects for these, uh, for these customers too. They generally speaking, they, they don't really know it until it's done. Right. And then they go, Oh yeah, I worked on that. And I'm <laughs> okay. like, yeah, you should, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what you just did. You just made that like brand new again or, yeah. or, you know, you just basically helped create that cause it, it was newly manufactured or something. And right. Like, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Especially like <laughs> those record players that you mentioned. Oh, those are really cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have to give a shout out to, or we have to post those out. You know, uh, once we put the show out and everything too. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get. Um, I'm sure he won't mind. I'll just have to obviously get some permission from him. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Of course. But yeah, yeah and and, and they're actually, yeah. If it's not out to market yet, quite yet, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of out to market, and I just got to make sure it's okay to mention it. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind it. It's, yeah, and uh, they're actually in Barrio Logan also. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's super cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and right now you mentioned, uh, it, it, I think it was about seven, eight, eight employees that you have? Yes, we yeah. have, uh, we're running with the uh, eight different people down there at the shop right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably expanding. So I don't know what's in the water, but I don't know. This week, you know, I can't even believe the amount of work that came in uh, this week that we're doing. And it's just, um, just phenomenal. It's great. We love the support. We, you know, we love the community. So, and speaking of community, and I would not have heard from you if it was not from a fellow uh, Barrio Logan uh, business, uh, yeah. Don over at uh, Old Fashioned Lumber. Yeah. Um, and shout out to him and his wife yeah. who just had a baby. Just had a baby, yeah. Yeah, just had congrats. A baby. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's... Just, okay. Well, that's what we're trying to build here too, you know, that, that community sense of, you know, it's 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 not too far away from everybody just to be able to reach out or know who's in the community that offer these type of jobs or offer these type of careers that can obviously be extended for for a lifetime you know earlier we had someone that called them that their employees call themselves lifers you know and they were young kids you know they're like yeah i'm a lifer like i'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life until i until i retire you know yeah and and one of the interesting things about at least in my shop i I don't know if everybody does this I, i don't think they do but some some do i think but um, I like to cross train, so I don't want them burning out on one particular yes. job in the shop. Right. And uh, one of the things is we do uh, that I do. You know, it's I I never ask anybody to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll not ask you to sweep the floor if I won't sweep the floor. I, I'll <laughs> take out the trash with anybody else. You know, and but you can learn how to paint. You can powder coat. You can hanging you can do the sandblasting so you really learn everything within the different steps of the process the masking unfortunately the degreasing nobody really likes doing the degreasing um we really beg our customers to please bring it in clean um, (laughs) (laughs) um, it doesn't come in clean you're paying shop rate for for cleaning and you know some people don't care and other people oh okay i'll be back tomorrow yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we certainly ask everybody, you know, we, we like to cross train everybody to do yeah. it. So. Well, that's cool because, I mean, you know, that, that means, you know, everybody can support each other too. Yep. And, yeah. and they don't get burnt out this way yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, so. that, that support behind that, you know, one person, uh, like you mentioned earlier, when, uh, when someone learns something, uh, a, a new thing, they c- might think about it or learn it a different way, that they can teach it a different way or, you know, show and, you know, spread on that knowledge to each other too. So that's, that kind of builds that teamwork aspect also. Yeah, it does. And, you know, and, uh, Jeff, going back, circling back to, you know, the sandblasting side is like, somebody is going like, oh, I've been around this for years and stuff like that. And they never did it. And then you actually get, when you get to teach them and, and yeah. show them and they're like, Oh, that's really not that bad after all. <laughs> you know, like, what was I waiting for? Yeah. It was, it's it, easier than I thought. It's easier than I thought. Yeah. So that's, I, I try and encourage everybody to, um, I like to push them a little bit to, to, to try. And it's not what you think it is. It's not as bad, you know, mm-hmm. um, follow the safety guidelines, follow the rules that we're teaching you and going in there and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, you know, and I think that's pretty true with most of the trades. 
um, you know, do your training and your paid training, which should be paid training. And, um, you know, trust in your employer and trust in that everything should be, uh, that you'll have a good, a good career. Yeah. So, and, and about that paid training, I mean, my daughter, if you bring that up, she was, she had something a few years ago, not in the trades, but, uh, the employer was making her come to meetings and do trainings and it wasn't reflected in the, in the paycheck. And it was, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like, what's going on with this? <laughs> this is not, you know, you're, this is training for your company. You're, you should be paying, you know, and, and, um, you know, ended up, uh, she didn't end up getting, the person ended up changing their practices and started paying for training after I kind of helped guide her a little bit when showing her some of the stuff that, um, that it's their responsibility and that therefore they should be paying for it. So, yeah. Well, oh, that added up to creating uh, some negativity in the culture of the business, you know, employee hap- unhappiness. So you pay for training. What what else do you have within your culture that um, is specific to you guys or that you would like to highlight, Dan? Mm, gosh, that's a good question. Buy lunch for everybody every Friday? We typically, <laughs> you know what, that happens fairly often. Okay. Um, you know, we like to do it uh, whenever we can. Just sometimes we're just too darn busy and it's uh, – uh, when we have some big projects, there's just like, okay, there's no shutting down and need somebody to jump in and go sandblast or paint or powder coat like during, you know, hey, he goes on lunch. I still need you powder coating over there right. and, or I need you sandblasting when the sandblaster comes out for lunch because you are too busy. But then I like to go ahead and do, um, you know, buy pizzas or, you know, subs or, um you know, or we do a ceviche day or something like that. Nice. Yeah, that sounds cool. But it's you, you're trying. You got to do that. And so, so everybody understands the balance of uh, uh, when we have time, we can have a good time. But we have huge assets here that need to be operating as much time as possible. So just shutting down the sandblaster, the powder coating part of the business for somebody to take an hour lunch. You got to stagger that to keep that equipment. That's a huge asset and a liability for the company. So you have a balance between, you know, profitability and production mm-hmm. and culture and interactions with each other. And your employees seem to understand that. Yeah, they seem to, they understand that pretty good. I've actually had a, a um, um, I would show them actually electricity bills at the, uh, the shop. And so SDG and E with their, um, um, they have a thing called demand charges. Yeah. And we use bigger equipment, big air compressors, big ovens, big dust collectors. And, a lot of and two so, twenty. A lot of two twenty. Uh, four eighty. Four eighty. Four eighty. Most most of it's four eighty. And so what happens if you're shutting equipment off and then turning things back on all at the same time? You're spiking your demand, and SDG and E. Makes money off you. Makes a lot of money, <laughs> and they don't care of about that. You know, as soon as you pass 15 minute mark mm-hmm. for, if you, if you may it 16 minutes, you get charged the entire month at that demand level. Oh, wow. And I, a lot of people don't realize that. And so if you're looking why your electricity bill might be high, if you got a shop anywhere, that's one of the big reasons. So you have to spread the load out as you do your startups and you can't shut off during lunch and then turn it all back on yeah, after, yeah. after that, you're going to spike it out and you're going to be paying out the, out the wazoo. So, wow. So you've had to go through a process of learning 
and then educating the employees. This is why we do yeah, it. Yeah, I, I like here, to show them. Here's our you know, systems or standards on being able to keep that. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, guys, I'm not freaking out because you didn't turn the lights off in the in the paint booth, you know, I, for no reason. Like, here, look. <laughs> I like to show them what's going on and, and what it is, and it's just real life. Um, so, unfortunately, I do not own our building. Otherwise, I, I'm trying to get the solar going in there, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if that would have a huge impact on 480 uh, that's, usage. That's where the debate is, and it's one of the reasons why I have not pulled the trigger yet with you know on some of the stuff because that's a pretty large investment for what we're doing. It's, yeah. um, but it's uh, um, you know for a building I don't own, I'm not quite sure that I want to pull that trigger. I yeah. get you. Maybe that's something in the future. Yeah. It could, it definitely could be. I mean, the pricing should come down on it. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens with technology, or, right? or, or mainly for you to own own your own building and have it operated. And that would be, be, able to that pull would be that f- fantastic. Yeah, I think it'll happen for sure. I think you I got a lot of, a lot of positivity going towards your way. So, well, thanks, Dan. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I'd, I'd love to own the building. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, like like we know here in San Diego, us being, uh, Jeff and I being San Diego born, that Barrio Logan has a huge community outreach out there in San Diego, and it's a, it's a big thing. So, um, you know, anybody that's listening to this maybe can help you out with that at some point. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? That would be that would be fantastic. I mean, I, I just I love that community. All, all the Great. real estate agents listening to this podcast are going to start. Where Stan's number? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to help him. Yeah, well, I, I think that kind of helps it helps it helps us sum it up. I mean, like, what's the uh, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you that everybody can find you and kind of? Uh, I know you said you're newer to Instagram right now, but uh, let's uh, let's throw I, all that out so people can find you. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. You can find us on uh, Facebook at uh, just look at up under Barry Logan Powder. Um, under Instagram, if I have this correct, we are Barrio Powder. And then uh, our website is barriopowder.com. Awesome. So we try and keep it pretty simple. Uh, yeah. Hit us up. You can text us uh, at any of the listed telephone numbers. Yeah. Um, and is merch, merch on the website too? You know what? It's going to be. It is not. Um, kind of like Jeff, some of the technology, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah. I'm still working on it a little bit. But that's it's it's actually in the future. It's not not too far away. All right. Well, either way, man, if 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 they can come by the shop or anybody wants to go uh, again, reach out to you and get a little bit more familiar about the industry, um, definitely got to call Dan over at Barrio Logan Powder Coating and Sandblasting right here. We appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. It was fantastic to meet you, and uh, uh, glad to have getting yeah gotten connected through Don. Yeah, yeah super cool. Yeah, and you know, as far as uh, being on um, doing this as a podcast, it was pretty cool. I definitely enjoyed it. So Good, thank cool. you guys well, very much. Really glad you came down here, Dan. Enjoyed the uh, the, the tour, and uh, we look forward to talking to you here in the near future. Likewise, and you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. Yeah, yeah. thank you, everybody listening. This was the Trades Podcast. Thank you. The Trades Podcast. I want to tell you about Sage IT Systems. I have personally met with Judy, who gave me the behind the scenes tour of how Sage IT Systems works and helps out their clients. They've been helping my construction company for a couple years with all the challenges of COVID, taking staff remote, server backup, everything a business needs from an IT company, Sage IT Systems has been doing for us. The support they're giving to the Trades Podcast is fantastic. I highly recommend Sage IT. If you need a review of your IT systems, please reach out to Judy. Her cell phone, 619-743-5870, or you can go to Sage 
sage-it.com. That's sage-it.com. Thank you so much for your support for the Trades Podcast.